0: We can, in fact, only define a weed in terms of the well-known definition of dirt, as matter out of place. What we call a weed is, in fact, merely a plant growing where we do not want it. From E.G.A. Salisbury's classic, The Living Garden, 1935. Hello everyone, I'm Rob McCall and this is the Awanaju Almanac devoted to feeling at home in nature and breaking down the wall of hostility between us and the rest of creation. This is the almanac for May 29th to June 5th, 2020, the full strawberry moon. And here are some natural events. The trademark spring flower of down east Maine, lupin, with its deep purple to lavender to blue to pink to ivory flowers is coming into lush bloom along the roadsides and in the fields, as it does each year from Asia to the Americas. The well known Texas bluebonnet is a kind of lupin, and other kinds are enjoyed as a vegetable in Egypt and Lebanon. Here in Maine, the lupin generates distinctly mixed emotions. For some, it's the quintessential symbol of spring, welcoming rusticators back to their seasonal homes and spawning local lupin festivals up and down the coast. But for others, it's a noxious invasive weed, threatening native plants and spurring eradication efforts, famously in Acadia National Park and other public lands. One man's weed is another's wildflower. So let's look at both sides of lupin for a minute. On the upside, lupin shows strikingly elegant displays on its long flower stalks, spicing the air with its peppery aroma, feeding the bees with pollen, and delighting children of all ages with memories of Miss Rumpheus. Being a legume, lupin improves the poor soils it prefers by fixing nitrogen in its deep roots. This tends to put the lupin out of business over time as other plants move in to take advantage of the improved fertility. Over the past 30 or more years, I've watched abandoned blueberry fields go to lupin and then to grasses and other wildflowers. In a natural progression. And many gardeners can testify to the difficulty of getting lupin started in an already healthy ecosystem. It somehow prefers soil disturbed by human activities like clearing, erosion, and construction. And as for the term invasive species, This ignores the fact that nearly all species now in Maine are non-indigenous. Since when the glaciers receded 10,000 years ago, there was only bare rock and till left behind. So any list of so-called non-indigenous species in Maine must therefore also include not just milfoil, Russian olive, purple loosestrife, and lupin. But apples, lilacs, forsythia, dandelions, daisies, hawkweed or Indian paintbrush, corn, wheat, potatoes, tomatoes, broccoli, and just about everything in our gardens. Not to mention dogs, cats, horses, and of course, white people of European descent, who are now trying to stomp out the Lupin. In fact, it would be practically impossible to compile a list of species did not that did not come to Maine from somewhere else. We are all immigrants and sojourners. So now to the downside of Lupin. And come to think of it, try as I may, I can find nothing about the Lupin that justifies its destruction. And so here's a rank opinion. All creatures seek a place where they can live and thrive. All living systems left to themselves seek balance, guided as they are by their creator. When we try to design them to fit narrow human purposes, without considering the purposes of other creatures, environments become out of balance as we see all around us today. That's why it's good to remember that today's invasive species will likely be tomorrow's honored member of the living community. And finally, a couple of seed pods to carry around. The first from old reliable Henry David Thoreau. Every creature is better alive than dead. Men and moose and pine trees, and he who understands it aright will rather preserve its life than destroy it. And from Thoreau's pal Ralph Waldo Emerson in his Fortune of the Republic, 1878 What is a weed, a plant whose virtues have not yet been discovered?